Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where you know the month of November, we are featuring our veterans and their families. And it's been such an amazing experience being able to ask some really great questions about things that I didn't know, not growing up in a military family. And I'm so appreciative of all these fabulous guests who have given of themselves to uh, make us safer and keep our our world turning. So joining me today is Maceo Jordan. He is a serial entrepreneur. He's got so many fascinating little things. Let's see if I can hit some of the bullet points. With over two decades of building businesses by creating great products and great marketing. Now, he obviously also has a real world experience in the U.S. Army. And he's uh, taken that from that part of experience to what he calls cutthroat world of electronic trading. (laughs) So from one extreme to the next, he was an early pioneer in computerized training, and he built one of the earliest high-frequency trading systems for the S&P 500, which is so funny because I'm just now learning. I'm like asking questions now about trading, and I love watching Kramer. So, you know, he tells me all the things that I need to buy stocks in. So maybe we'll have some of those too. But he also has, this was really fascinating. He had, when pay-per-click marketing platforms Platforms burst onto the scene, he translated his work into massively successful automated systems for some pretty big names like Google, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Maybe he's going to be able to help me figure out the algorithm so finally I can have something go viral. We'll see. But we're also going to learn a lot about his uh, military career, some things that he wants to share with us as well. So joining me today, Maceo, thank you so much for being my guest today. Michael, I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Well, before we dive into some of the other details about, you know, your military career, tell us a little bit about yourself today, your business, how you help people and businesses, your clients shock their potential. And then we'll talk a little bit more about your military history. In the last 10 years, I've spent uh, helping those in peril. And so I'll, I'll do my best to keep this veteran themed and throw in <laughs> lots of little pithy like comments. It, so a company would, would hire me as a, you know, we'll call it a, a CEO or CMO for hire because they were mm-hmm. in trouble. It could be partnership trouble, employees, so team related, um, could be financially related to them. And to, just to put it bluntly, 99% of the time, it was always people problems, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. usually with the founder or the CEO. Um, and then if there were partners, of course, 
with the partners individually and the partners, how they work together. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit some of why I did that was because I have this perverse desire to prove that something works. Um, <laughs> and this really does tie in with my experience in the military. So I was fortunate enough. Uh, I, I joined up when I was 17. We went right into desert storm, you know, so of course I'm dating myself. Um, and thank God, I mean, That's that okay. conflict, well, yeah, that conflict <laughs> was nothing like the one, uh, that, that our, our boys and, and, and gals are in today. Um, but at the time, you know, you're 17, you're going off to war. Um, there's some lessons to be learned there. And I, of course, it was only in hindsight that I really understood what I picked up. But I have to say the, the best experience for me was preparing for and then going through special forces selection. Now, I want to say right up front, I did not get selected. Um, <laughs> I spent months trying to find out why. I, now, this will speak to some about how I'm made. So I, I make it through special forces selection, which I don't want to discount. That's a feat in and of itself. Right. You know, you're the 1% of the 1% just to get through it. I spent, no joke, six months sitting outside of the Sergeant Major's office, who's in charge of training for all of uh, what's called SOCOM or Special Operations Command at Fort Bragg. Mm -hmm. He would come out to lunch, which by the way, that meant I didn't eat lunch for six months. Uh, oh, I, I want to add that as my hardship. <laughs> anyway, uh, he would come in, he would he'd exit his office. I would stand up what's called parade rest, dutifully wait for him to, you know, bestow on me some kind of, I don't know what, six months. He finally, he's walking down, he walks down the same hallway every day, walks down the hallway, turns around this one day. And I'm thinking, finally, I've finally done it. I've proven my tenacity. <laughs> he looks me in the eye and he says, Jordan, don't call us. We'll call you. Turns around and walks off. Oh man. And I, oh, that I, had to hurt. Michael it went beyond that. I was crushed. Oh, so I want, I want to put it in perspective. I joined the army to be a green beret. Mm. I trained for a year. So in the army, you know, you've got your regular PT or physical training, you know, so I would do that. And then I would run steps. I would ride a bike. I would run. I, it's called rucking. So you put a backpack on with mm -hmm. whatever, 60, 80 pounds in it. I was doing all yes. of that. Um, and to have somebody say, literally no and not just no like he's the guy there's nobody at, at the time i guess i could have gone to a general but so I, I have to admit like it was it was devastating my last couple of years my last 18 months in the army were just they were not the greatest um and so i use that as a jumping off point mm -hmm. you know the military um i'll boil it down to uh one of the most vivid experiences i had after i didn't get selected we were out on what's called a field exercise and we were putting up a tent and one of the other guys in the unit uh, was kind of getting going in and out of the special forces program. So you go through selection then there's what's called the Q course or the qualification course. Mm -hmm. Constantly getting booted out of the qualification course for violating the rules, <laughs> which I have to say, Chris, if you're watching this, I took very personally because it's like, <laughs> I couldn't go. And here's the guy who gets kicked out for bringing in a comic book, literally. Oh man. Yeah. Right. Ooh. But I'll tie this all together. So we're putting up this tent. He jokingly says, uh, like Worf the Klingon, Captain, there's no honor in putting up a tent. And in that moment, I realized something. Um, I realized, well, why not? Like, uh -huh. what, what's so dishonorable about putting up a tent? Don't we have to have some place to sleep? You know, is there more honor 
in being a Green Beret and doing what the Green Berets do versus being a line cook or someone putting up a tent. Right. And so that's, that's when I think what catalyzed in my mind was it's not that I'm putting up the tent. It's that this is going to be the best tent these people have ever seen. Oh, yeah. Now, it was a bit of a rabble rouser. Um, allegedly, during Desert Storm, <laughs> I stole the flag oh, from no. a very secure area. Allegedly. Allegedly. I can neither confirm or deny that I had any part in that operation. So I would just say, if I was going to do that, it would just demonstrate how much of a rabble rouser I would be. So I, you know, I, I had my little ways of rebellion, right? So my, my uniform was up to regulations, but it wasn't starched. My mm. boots were shined, but not spit shine. So like that, it's like, okay, yeah. that was kind of my dig, right? Um, but I always did a good job which meant I needed to know what really counted. Yeah. And so one of the things that the people uh, that are, are in the military, military can take from it isn't so much that, you know, what you're doing. Because what I was doing was a, an AM radio operator, which actually got what they called, I can't, now I'm forgetting the, word, the term for it, uh, but they took it out of the military. So it, it got phased out, that was the word. Um, it got replaced by an early version of cell phones. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have a job. So I'm not saying that, like the thing that you do, it's more that the, the military, because it's truly one of the few places on the earth where you are training for life or death situations, yeah. everything needs to work from the equipment you're using. And of course we would joke around, yeah, it's made by the lowest bidder. <laughs> the reason why we would Which joke around. Yeah, right. Things, you don't necessarily always get the best, mm -hmm. but work with me here. So the, the equipment needs to work, the, but the tactic needs to work. The way things are done needs to work. And so that's really, if you're in the military now, that's what you can take from your experience. Because I can tell you whether I'm working with a solo operator or I'm working with a you know, $100 million organization, what they need is stuff that works. Because yeah. McKinsey, I, 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 I call people out. McKinsey, Harvard, the guys at MIT. Actually, I got accepted to MIT. I didn't go. Um, but like all of these labs from these colleges, the real problem is they're using theory. Yeah. So a bunch of PhDs will get together. And these are not unintelligent people. But Michael, they don't, they haven't run a business most yeah, of the time. Now, yeah, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Well, yeah, now it's, <laughs> don't get me, don't derail me. Not yet anyway. I can sing the whole song. I won't do it right now. <laughs> Go on, carry on. <laughs> so they've got these great theories. Um, now, of course, in, in today, 2020, s some of the, the, these PhDs and, and some, of, especially at Harvard, you know, they go into enterprise and then they come out. Um, but I do have to say it, there's a major difference being, let's say, a Harvard you know, PhD going into a business because you're a Harvard PhD, um, you know, spouting a bunch of theory, seeing some success in the enterprise, and then saying, well, look, here's how great I am because my theories were in the enterprise and look how big the enterprise got. And, it, yeah. you know, I'll tie this all together. So when you're in the military, you've got field manuals, you've, everything is in a manual. And what, what the thing to take away from that is that they have 
processes and procedures. The mm -hmm. only way you're going to grow from a solo operator to a, you know, so the way Jeff Bezos went from spray painted amazon.com on the side of the wall and a, you know, a, a <laughs> door as his desk to a trillion dollar corporation was by growing into ever larger systems and processes. Right. That's what to st study how the, the military works. Doesn't matter if you're the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Study how it works. How does it fit together? How do the different units communicate? How does the chain of command really work? Ask questions. Because mm -hmm. you can take that experience directly into enterprise. And I'm, don't do what I tried to do because you don't fit in in a corporate environment where you kick the door down and try and change everything. Because <laughs> they don't like that. Because the same politics that exist in the military exist in corporations. Absolutely. So recognize that as well. You're, you're learning something by observing the politics in the army. Uh, you know, the army is not some mystical place of rainbows and unicorns where somehow human <laughs> beings are not humans. They still have their careers and what they want. Yeah. But you can take how all of that meshes together and you are essentially learning how a Fortune 500, Fortune 100 sized enterprise works. Yeah. That that's the differentiator. So what, what's heartbreaking for me is when I see somebody coming out of the military and, you know, in their mind, they're like, oh, you know, I was just, and then fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, let's, let's, I'll put my marketer hat on and let's, let's put that in a different frame. You are working for the large, I think it's still the largest, we'll just say one of the largest so, employers in the, in the entire U.S. Yes. And so think, if you're in the military, think about what you do in the sense of how does, I'll just make it more practical. So let's say you're a cook. I'm not saying that you have to go into the restaurant business, but if you study how your kitchen orders supplies and then how your kitchen coordinates with all the soldiers that are eating in that mess hall, and then how the soldiers are communicating the, the nutrition and dietary guidelines with the chain of command, how they're informing the chain of command, if the cooks actually get involved or the, the, the chef gets involved with the soldiers, maybe they've got a weight problem, whether it's too much or too little, understand how all of that works, but understand how it works outside of your kitchen. Right, absolutely. That's what business owners want. So when I'm hiring people, what I, here's what I don't want. And I don't care what your age is, but I'll pick on the 20-somethings, not because they're 20-somethings, <laughs> but because I was 20 years ago, two years ago. 20-something <laughs> years ago. Yes. Uh -huh. it's, not, it's not just that you're in your 20s. It's that anybody who's twice your age knows you really don't know much because you haven't had a lot of experience. So here's what I, what I taught my boys was don't go in there acting like you know everything. Right. Go in, observe. How does everything work compared mm -hmm. to what you saw work in the military? Yes. Ask if you can help on something small. Use that to step your way to more responsibility. Yes. It's not, it's not about knowing that you've got the right answer or knowing that you can translate, like if you work in a kitchen to IBM and you're doing consulting and doing large scale systems installs, who cares what the widget is? That's the beauty of the military. It doesn't matter what the widget is. It, what, what the military has done is perfected 
distribution, which is how to get yes. stuff out. Yes. Procurement, which is buying stuff. Yep. And communication. Well, you've, that's all businesses do. I don't care what you're, Absolutely. I mean, even this podcast, we are now creating the product. Right. So this, the widget is what we're doing right now. Then we have to figure out, okay, well, how do we get it out there? How do you procurement for you is how do you get chuckleheads like me on the show that actually, you know, know what they're talking about and right. can put two words together and, you know, have decent equipment, all of that. Yeah. That's the beauty of the military is that they're handing you all of that. And it's an open book. This is the main difference between uh, the army and say IBM In IBM you'll have more fiefdoms with closed information because in the yes. corporate world, access to information is power. Power. In the military, rank is power. It's like, they, you've just got that wired. It's like, hey, if I got this on my, on my lapel, you do what I say, right? So you don't, need exactly. to, you, know, you don't need to hoard information. That's such a huge advantage. Yeah, so, and it's well, so true. It's so true because people use that all the time. And I know that, you know, when I talk to people who have transitioned from, you know, military life to civilian, uh, you know, corporations, for instance, or enterprises, you know, there's this confusion of why are, why are people not just talking and communicating? And I'm like, well, unfortunately, we learned a different strategy yes. um, that is not healthy. And does not help business to grow. And frankly, it doesn't help careers to grow, but people still think it does. Right. Well, and look, I, I pride myself on, on just saying it like it is. People are people. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about is com compartmentalized information, right? So in the military and the government, you know, they classify stuff. So my, you know, Edward Snowden, um, you know, he blew that wide open. And so now that we understand how far that can go and how it can be a bad thing. That's everywhere is, is my only point. But mm -hmm. yeah, in the corporate world, it's really just, it's just a byproduct of how people are. Yeah. So if, if I, if I'm trying to, you know, stay with one company or one career trajectory, I'm just, I'm not going to think about you. I'm thinking about my career. Now right. it would be great if you know we all abided by the golden rule and all of that but we don't that you know and it's it's unreasonable to expect people to do that the reason why there's a disconnect is because at the end of the day in combat information is life and death yeah whereas in the in the corporate world yeah maybe career life and death but look that's not even in the same universe as real life and death or li life and limb right and so, yeah, that's why, uh, you know, a buddy of mine just, he just retired from special forces. He was in for 30 years. Um, that is definitely a, like a different animal. They're, they're very entrepreneurial in the way that they think, but a typical, you know, sort of line soldier in the military, um, they're, they're definitely going to get their, their head exploded basically by just how weird it is. So one thing that you can do and just prepare yourself for that. And I know it's going to sound crazy, but watch things like, uh, what is it, Billions? Um, there's another one. I think it's on HBO about like a dynasty. Those, mm -hmm. those shows are, Silicon Valley would be another good one. They're exaggerated. But remember, art imitates life. And they're, what they're exaggerating is reality. So no, it's going to be a little bit less than that. In some areas, it might be about equal. 
um, I've heard political operatives say about the, um, oh, is the, the, um, I guess I can see the guy's face, the, the, the uh, White House Netflix show said, yeah, it's really like that without the murder. So, (laughs) you know, it's, you're going to get a good understanding of how life really is. And then just say, okay, that's how it is. In the military terms, know who your enemy is. So your enemy is not the people. It's the people's greed. It's the, the people's desire to move up in the ladder. And the way, the way that you move with that is, so if you are working for someone who seems like a jerk, it may be that they're a jerk and it may be just like they've got somewhere that they want to go. Yeah. The smart thing to do would be to help them get where they want to go. Now that can be tough because what you'll wind up doing is a lot of work that you don't feel you're, or you're not getting recognized for, you're not getting paid for. Yeah, it's I hard. Promise, I promise I tie it together. It goes all the way back <laughs> to putting up that tent. All right, remember the tent? Yep. Okay, we're putting up the tent. 24 hours later, we were in a command center. We were doing what's called a live fire exercise. I was attached to the artillery. So we're lobbing really big explosives across Fort Bragg, right? And there are people that live on Fort Bragg. So you kind of want to have tight control over this. This is not like a free fire area, right? So I'm on the radio and there was a, a major who I didn't particularly like. He didn't particularly like me. He comes in, he starts, you know, yelling and screaming. You know, I, sir, I can't hear the radio and I'm waiting on fire or range control. Range control of the people that can shut you down. A few expletives follow, basically deal with it. Okay. I get relieved. I go sit in the front of the truck because there's really nothing else to do. You're in the middle of the woods and we didn't have smartphones, right? So it's like, yeah. And, you know, it was light discipline. You can't have a flashlight and read and all that. So I'm just sitting there. there's But there's another radio in the front of this vehicle. And I hear range control. Range control is calling us, because we're the headquarters, needing confirmation of the fire plan. I think that's what it was called. I, I wasn't the artillery guy. Well, range control expects an answer in a predetermined set of amount of time. Right? Mm-hmm. Everything in the Army is... it's regulations it's processed it's like when they right. call you the regulations say you have to answer in whatever 30 seconds no answer that's bad such and such this is range control i say again blah 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 now it's if you don't answer this one it's like three strikes and you're out and oh, three yeah. strikes and you're out in this situation meant they shut everybody down so oh, this nice. is i think 1500 soldiers and all the expense the embarrassment you know what i mean it's like this would be just like a a major corporate thing going off the rails oh yeah now i could have just sat there i wasn't on duty it's not my responsibility Mm -hmm. to answer the radio somebody else's duty to answer the radio now if i now in a corporate world what would happen yep that was i would have not answered the radio yep and then i would have torpedoed Yes. Major, because I didn't like him. That, if you're a soldier, that's the corporate world. Yeah. Now, I didn't do it because it was live fire. There wasn't anything firing. That's what they were wanting to okay and clear was that they could start pulling the lanyard and firing stuff. The reason why I got on the radio and made up some story and, you know, oh, I was changing out the handset and everything's fine, which saved the day, was because of the earlier tent experience. It's like, well, wait a minute. 
Like, how, how can I come in the Army and say I want to be a Green Beret and do all this stuff when I'm not going to answer the damn radio? Really? Yeah. yeah. So if you're finding yourself leaving the military and you're wondering, how do these people do this? Or there's backstabbing and this and that. Well, it's because of that decision. It, there, when you don't, let me say it more strongly. If something isn't personal to you, if it's not about you and your responsibility and who you are as a human being and what your actions mean to the people that are right next to you, shoulder yeah. to shoulder, and their families and the people that they influence, if it's not a growth like that, then what you get is my career, my advancement. And it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just that's how it gets that way. So yeah, you might be in a corporate environment. You might be supporting the boss. Um, you know, Jocko Willing talks about this a lot. I didn't get it from him. Um, but it's that kind of personal responsibility. You're doing the yeah. work because it needs to be done and not because you're going to get the accolades. And yeah, you may not. But what do you want to train? Right, so again, mm -hmm. back in the military terms, you will reduce to the lowest level of training. If your lowest level of training is I'm going to backstab the major and somehow turn that into a career move, yep. that has a certain future associated with it. Yeah, there's a price to be paid for that. That's right. For you and everybody yeah. else. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not just, there were 1,500 lives would have been changed had I not grabbed the handset and intervened. But it, for me personally, it also put me on a particular path. So the big mistake that we make whether we're veterans or not, is looking at where somebody is now and trying to be that person. So who I am now, who you are now, you've lived into, right? Mm -hmm. So in the military, you know, it might be, you know, if you're in the Marines, it could be your gunnery sergeant, it might be your sergeant major if you're in the army. I don't know much about the other branches, so I'll leave it there. But you know, <laughs> so if you're looking at somebody who's ahead of you in the military, you can ask them for mentorship. In the corporate yeah. environment, you don't always get it. In the military, I've, I never had any senior person, officer or enlisted, tell me no. When I went to him, I said, you know what? I want to be a better soldier. What can I do? It was just that, that's where I started. So yeah. in, e, in E7, uh, Sergeant First Class came into our unit. Um, he'd been in the Special Forces. Uh, and that's exactly what I asked him. I was like, man, you know, I want to be, I want to be the best Green Beret, possible, what do I do? <laughs> of course, the first question he hit me with was, are you sure you want to go in the Special Forces? <laughs> Which and is we a had fair a question. <laughs> we had a conversation about the politics, about the changes that Clinton put in with the command structure. And, he, what, and this is, I'm not bagging on Clinton, I'm just saying he, he made decisions in the command structure that made sense to him based on his trajectory and his career arc. And the effect was you got career officers that were coming into the special forces. Well, they don't know combat. And when you're talking with an active unit, granted, not every special forces group is active. They weren't all in combat. Remember, this is, you know, 90s. Uh, it wasn't like today where basically if you sign up, you're, you're going to be kicking doors down. And so, you know, maybe Clinton thought that, you know, he, he needed to, he needed more experience, right? So in a political or corporate world, yeah, you might want different viewpoints. 
it's like, you know, maybe not if there are bombs and bullets flying. Right. Well, let's take that to the corporate environment. I still say, well, maybe not. So the one thing that you can bring into a corporate environment, and you've got to be careful about this, because if you're in a startup, this can run, you can run into trouble. So let's, I'll try and make this, I'll always endeavor to make these answers eminently practical. So if you're a veteran and you want to get involved in a startup, what is going to get in your way is your, it's not rigid. Don't let anybody tell you that you're rigid. It's your process-oriented thinking mm -hmm. may not be fast enough. So think about a computer. Yes. Computers today can switch between, like I've literally got my task manager running. Don't ask me why. But there are a lot of tasks. And the task manager, they're moving up and down, right? Because, you know, one might be using the CPU. Like right now, Zoom is using the CPU, so it's high on the list. So if you're process-oriented, it's literally like a computer. You can get so stuck on one thing that you can't switch. Right. So if you're a vet and you want to join a startup, you need to go home every night and remind yourself that your job isn't to stick with this. It's right. stick with this until it doesn't work and then do this until yes. it doesn't work and then do this. Then you are, you're like steroids for that startup because where startups go wrong is they, they don't they bounce do around too much. They don't do ding, enough. Ding, 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 that's ding. right. <laughs> like, oh, a little bit of heat. Oh, let me try that because that's too hard. Uh -huh. you're, you are there to stick to it. And you say, hey, boss, you know what? Let me keep trying this. I'll do it at nights and weekends. You're, you, in other words, you can use that, quote, stick to aspect of the military training to your advantage. But then I'll remember, go home at night and say, okay, yeah, boss is right. This isn't working. But then go back to your, your boss with the data. You know what? Here's what I tried, and it didn't work. And I tried this, and it didn't work. And I tried this, and it didn't work. And this, it didn't work. You know what? You're right. It's not going to work. Now, here's the beauty. Now, your differing opinion is based on the stuff that matters, which is, in military terms, contact with the enemy. Right? Mm -hmm. So the way you, you make all this mesh is by taking you know the, this military military saying, which is no plan survives contact with the enemy, yeah, into no actionable information. Mm -hmm. Because a startup, startups can be hectic, they, like you said, but they, they can also be these shiny object. Oh, you know we've got this great oh, yeah. vision, and you get Rainbows, people. Rainbows, unicorns. Yeah, you get these visionaries, and um, again, it, this is not political, but you know more of the liberal, open-minded, you know, we need to move everything forward, which is a good thing. We need to expand and improve, but oh, it's not working and that's kind of tough. So you know what? That must mean it's, it's just not what we're supposed to, it's, it's not right. meant and to somebody, be, Michael. And somebody who's more likely to follow process will say, wait a minute. Now there are some things here that are working, but we need to get through them. We need to get over this hurdle. We yes. need to jump over this. Let's go find or out. Or plow through it. Yeah, exactly. So we're, so Clinton was absolutely right. We, we need fresh blood. We need open minds. But what he should have done is sent those jokers to combat mm -hmm. and said, here's your special program, because then those people who are more, you know, it's called trait openness. You know, I'll, I mean, only use political terms because people understand it. Generally, if you're a Democrat, you are more, you have more trait openness. If you're a Republican, you have less trait openness. Again, it's not good or bad. It's that when you can mesh those together, which I've endeavored to do, 
Um, or you can get the, those two teams working together, which it yeah. seems like we can't these days. But the reason <laughs> why we have to is you need someone who's saying, we need to do different. Yep. And for somebody who's over on one extreme, you can't. Yeah. So the person who's on this, uh, the left extreme can't say, you know what, we need to buckle down and do this forever. They're like, no, nothing is forever. It always needs to always. <laughs> and this person is like, no, stop changing. Nothing changes ever. We're yeah. going to always do it. So the way they mesh is by having an open conversation about that. Number one, number two, personally Absolutely. recognizing, you know what? That's my limit. My limit is I just don't do that. Like I'm the guy you call if you want something done the same way, every way, and it's done perfect. And the other person says, you know what? I'm not, if you need it done the same way, every way, I'm not that person. Exactly. goes all the way back to that tent moment. If on the other hand, you, your career, your net worth, you're buying a new car, you're buying a new house, you having one more trinket to surround yourself with is more important, then you're, you're going to make some of the choices that we're making today, both in enterprise and in politics. Yeah. So some of this, going back to the military, is this idea that it's brothers in arms, right? So it, that, that phrase comes from um, the fact that when you're in the military, it's combat, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that other stuff does go away. I don't, know, I don't know many people that join the military to get rich. I don't know many people that, <laughs> you know, get in business or, you know, joined a corporation like climbing the corporate ladder to not get rich, right? So I realize we're, we're in a difficult, this is like combination of morals and worldview. I, I totally get that. But again, for, for the vet that's wanting to, to get into the civilian world, these are the things to think about. These are the things to understand about the people that you're involved in. Not judging it, not saying one is good and one is bad, but just saying, okay, that's the way it is. Again, know your enemy. If there's somebody who, who it's all about them, that's okay, then support them in that. I mean, to a point, you don't want to be an Enron because no <laughs> one person pulled off Enron. You know what I'm saying? True. No one person True. pulls off a scandal. So don't go that far, please. I'm not advocating that. Um, sorry, my brain went off into La La Land with, with Edward Snowden <laughs> for a second. I will go down that rabbit trail. But so these are all the skills that you have at your disposal. Man, when I, when I think about my military experience as a more mature person, I'll say, <laughs> um, <laughs> those are the things that I definitely missed out on. You know, I, yeah. I didn't take advantage of that. Had I done it, eh, I mean, I'd have a different career path for sure. But for most people who aren't going to follow my career path of an entrepreneur in particular, if you really do think, you know what, I like the structure of the army, I like the structure of a business, I don't necessarily want to be an entrepreneur uh, with all the risks that are associated with it. Tap yeah. into the mentor network, number one. Understand how all the moving parts work in your wherever. I don't care if you're in the kitchen, your supply, you're in intelligence. Find out how it works. It's an open book. And then set yourself out to doing case studies. So the last practical thing on this would be pick a problem, right? So don't, don't do this as a theoretical thing. Read the news, read blogs, whatever. Find a business that's in trouble read how they're in trouble, and then go study what's going on in the military and think to, to yourself, how does, how does what the military does, is that the right English? 
Um, <laughs> English is my second language. Sometimes it fails me. How is what we're doing here in the military applied to this? And then if you can't figure it out, convert the business situation into a military problem. And then you know what? Ask your superiors. So you know what? You know, I'm thinking about this, sir, or sergeant, or whatever. You know, how would we, if we had this problem, how would we solve it? That's great. And write it up. Yeah. And then mail it to the business. Ooh, yeah. That would impress them. If you do that, and I'm saying this because I've done it, one of the things that I've, I endeavored to do as a consultant was never suggest something that I hadn't done mm -hmm. and proven. So in my early days of business, I didn't, I didn't do exactly that, I, but I, I did that methodology to get my first clients. Mm -hmm. No business owner in a hundred ever had anybody do that. And yeah, so because no I kidding. was a copywriter, I would take ads. I saw, again, dating myself in the yellow pages. How many people <laughs> listening to this even know what yellow pages are? And so I would rip out their yellow pages ad. I would put it on a piece of paper. I would write suggestions. And I was like, hey, we tested this, this, and this, change that, and this, and this, and you'd have, you'll have a better ad. Please let me know if you do, and I'll give you some more suggestions. Oh, very good. So that's Being another one. That's right. Mail it to the business owner. Probably two out of every hundred are even going to respond to you. Yeah. If you really want somebody to get the information, send it to them FedEx. FedEx by testing is the one envelope that always gets opened, number one, and gets delivered to the person that it's, that it's meant for. UPS, not always, and, and priority <laughs> okay. and express mail, rarely. And by that, I mean like a, uh, an assistant or a secretary, somebody like that is usually opening a mail package and going through it. Whereas with FedEx, it's like, let me put that on your desk. Another, true. another super secret technique, which I have tested, by the way, put it into a card-sized envelope, get, and it does have to be a woman. This is not sexist. It's just subtle psychology. The woman with the prettiest handwriting, address, now this is for a male, address <laughs> it and put her perfume on it. Oh and my. put your case study in that and send it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Very <laughs> effective. You do know marketing. <laughs> a little Very gorilla effective. marketing, I would yes, say. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you're, in the, if you're coming out of the, the military, you probably don't have a lot of money. When I was enlisted, uh, my take-home pay was $947 a month, and that was with mm -hmm. airborne pay, uh, which, by the way, is one reason why I didn't go to MIT. The government yeah. reported my income as like, whatever, 35 or 36,000 a year. And MIT said, you, of course you can afford your oh, $25,000 a year tuition. I'm like, uh, oh, no. Here's my pay no. stub, guys. Oh, Plus wow. I was just, I was scared to be honest. So <laughs> that you can use that method if you want to get a job. You can use that method if you want to get clients or, or mm -hmm. you, know, you want to start a business either way. And you can do it now while you're in the military. You don't have to actually uh, end your time in service to do all that. Well, and I know we're actually nearing the end. You have so many like incredible things. I wanted to hit something you said though earlier, because it really struck me. You were talking about asking for mentorship and you said, you know, look, I, I never had anybody that I asked in the military that never, that said no, they all did. Um, and yet you don't get that as often in the corporate world at all. But what really struck me is, you know, as you were talking about the sense of, of course, in the military, if you ask for it, people are going to give it to you because that, especially if you say, how do I become a better soldier, yep. you know, a better airman, whatever it is, because 
their lives do depend on you being better. Your lives depend on everybody being better around you. And what a distinction between the corporate world where if you get better, you might be a threat instead of if you get better, you are my, my, you are part of my safety. And I think if we could all have that mind shift and say, instead of seeing that person as a threat, what if they make our company better? We get stronger. We grow. I helped mentor that person. They now value me and we have team that that's, it's really hard for people, I think, to make that jump, but what a different world we would have. Yep. Well, so one, uh, there's a a guy on YouTube. He's, I'll call him semi-famous. His name's Dan Pena. And, you know, so he comes from a generation where, uh, and I've been to his castle, you know, paid the 25 grand to go and whatnot. Um, sorry, my brain just went on another rabbit trail. Let me not go there. Let me, I'll stay focused. I'll just, I'll, I'll, there's, there's really not a lot of reasons to go to something like that. But I want to talk about his, like the way he approaches business, because he's like, he typifies um, a lot of what I'm about to talk about. We have to remember that we had World War I, World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, like back to back. And on, so on a global scale, you had people that were involved in some of the bloodiest, most heinous combat the world has mm-hmm. ever seen. Yeah. Again, that's going to produce a certain future. That's going to produce a certain kind of mentality. Yes. And like everything, the pendulum swings from one extreme to the other. And it's not that one is better or worse. It's that if you've got somebody like Hitler trying to take over the world, you want guys like Dan Pena, that are more barbaric and less concerned about people's feelings to run stuff. Mm -hmm. You just do. To protect. Yeah. That's right. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. they got into business when they got out of the war. So they took that mentality into mm-hmm. the corporate world. So you see the same structure, the hierarchies, like I'm your boss, you're gonna do what I say, rah, rah, rah. As that sort of <laughs> bled out, literally, yeah. like those people yeah. died off. We looked around and we genu- genuinely asked again, going you know, more to the liberal side, like, why are we doing it this way? Is there a better way? And so I'll pose it like an experiment. We've asked, is it better to think that way? Is it better to look at people like they're my, my comrade instead of my threat? Right. And I will say, maybe. Because, yes, it's a limited environment, right? So if you're an Amazon and you want to stay at Amazon for your entire career, you better be cutthroat. You better try and climb. You better stuff one person down. Why? Because Amazon isn't employing everybody. Right. There are only so yep. many leaders. You know what I mean? It really is a, a finite universe. I would endeavor, though, to, to I would implore you to expand your horizons and understand that while Amazon is huge, they're not really that big in the sense of there's Joe's Pizza, there's Joe's Plumbing, there's, uh, you know, Nancy's Pizza and Nancy's Plumbing. You know, it's like, again, how much money do you need to make? Think about these things. Consider Mm -hmm. them. Because if you're just climbing the corporate ladder to climb it and for the accolades, then again, understand that. That has a certain career path and you're going to have to make certain, certain choices. Just like in the military with those politics, you're, you're going to have to do some things that are not safe. In fact, the colonel that was in charge of our unit put us into an unsafe environment because he wanted to make general. I yeah. mean, that's why he did it. So we were the headquarters unit ahead of our artillery, ahead of all of our forward operating bases, ahead of our security, 
So we spent like four weeks with a missile team shadowing us, not knowing literally if we were going to be dead because the missiles were wow. fast enough that the, the missiles that we were so far ahead of couldn't get there in time. You know what I mean? It's like the, yeah. the graphs didn't match. He did that to make rank. So yeah. it's, it this happens. is not, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, yeah. again, this is not judging him. As a colonel, he made a decision. He used his power, I would say, unwisely, I would say. Now he would say, I used it wisely, right? Because he's the one that made the decision. Right. right. So, so you know, I'm, this is with no judgment whatsoever. I'm, but as individuals, because that's, that's who we're talking to. As individuals, I think we have more power and more effectiveness when we understand um, when we understand going into it, what kind of choices we're going to make. Otherwise, what we wind up with is this kind of painful looking back. We're like, man, why am I here? I mean, this is why in the movies you've got the, you know, the rich guy is so unhappy. What they're, what they're describing is what literally goes on. And so yeah. you're, if you're in the military and you're making this transition, this is the time to think about it, not 10 years from now. And so you have more power if you cement the thinking now. Why? Just like in the military, if you train yourself to review this stuff once a year, twice a year, four times a year, you're less likely to then be, you know, more mature like I am looking back and thinking, <laughs> how, how did I get here? You've got these memories of people you stepped on instead of yeah, people reflection. that you've helped. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Oh because we're talking about people in transition, you know, I'm trying to make this a, a more philosophical uh, conversation as well. But those kinds of things, again, from the military, where you can instill certain training cycles will ensure that you've got a career arc that you like. What I'm saying is when you inject these specific things into that training cycle, you're going to be far ahead of somebody who is in, in a position where, you know, yeah, you're at the end of your career, you got the you know, $15,000 watch and the, you know, 17 cars in the garage. And you're like, wow, <laughs> my kids won't talk to me. Yeah. Well, and it happens. Masio, I, this, I think we could have this conversation for hours. We could, I'm sorry. We only have like three minutes left. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to look at the clock. I, I totally <laughs> dropped the ball, Michael. <laughs> That's okay. I took so many notes. It's amazing. <laughs> hey, I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up and find you, what's the best way for them to find you? Best way is MaseoJordan.com. I've got, uh, you know, that's the one place where if you want to get to me directly, uh, that goes right into the one email that I always check. Yeah, I'm on Twitter and YouTube, but as a consultant, because I help companies that are in trouble, uh, one of my kind of marketing claim to fame is that I didn't have a social media presence. That's changing now, of course, because I'm doing less mm -hmm. of that. Uh, but definitely MaseoJordan.com is the best way to get in touch with me. Wonderful. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? The, the one is keep it simple and keep it small. If you focus on the little things, the big things really do take care of themselves. I love it. Maceo, thank you so much. It has been absolute pleasure. I learned an awful lot. Thank you oh, so good. much for sharing You're welcome, with us. welcome, Michael. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.